there. Welcome to Rando Mando, a World of F's podcast, facts, family, friends, and fun. Uh, this is Amanda Sanders. Um, unfortunately, my son, I think, is nervous to come on the podcast. I have asked and asked and asked, and I think he's just a little nervous. Um, same with a bunch of my friends who originally said they would be on it, and then it became a reality, and I think people just got nerves. So I decided I was it was just going to be me tonight and we'll just mix it up a little bit and Jessica and Erica are always down. They were really, really great guests. So, you know, maybe it'll become the Amanda Erica Jessica show and Erica goes by Ekaka and Jessica used to be called Kaka because the three-year-old boy, like the kids can't say their names. So that's how that happened. But when they were little, so I joked that uh, maybe our show could call, be called Amanda's Two Cockas. I don't know. Anyway, today I decided, well, we're trying this with just me. I did have a plan. I'll read some um, get to know me questions off the internet. I'll maybe do like six, five or six or something. And then I was going to read the first chapter in a book called Images of America. I bought it at Walgreens. Um, and it is on my hometown of Fountain, Colorado. So I guess every once in a while when I'm doing this by myself, I'll just do another chapter. Um, but there are some really cool pictures in here. My parents uh, grew up in Fountain for the most part. And then myself and my brother grew up down there. And then a lot of my friends. So I actually went to the same high school as my parents. And, you know, that's kind of rare nowadays because you know, whatever, especially at my school, because we had a lot of military. So anywho, let me get to these questions. And I don't know how long the show will be probably, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. I am going to read these questions off of um, looks like prevention.com. Um, it's 100 best questions to ask to get to know someone better according to experts. One is, what's your favorite sandwich and where did you eat it? If I go to a sandwich shop, I'm usually getting like an Italian sandwich. So Subway is the spicy Italian. We have a place called Chiba Hut, which is like jokingly like a stoner's food place. And they've got a smoking parrot or bird on their cups. And they've got um, a bunch of food named after, you know, getting high. Um, and they have, there's one called a white widow or something. I think Erica likes that one. And then I, I can't even remember the name, but it's really good. It has like a chipotle mayonnaise on it, bacon. Maybe it's like a BLT type of thing, turkey, but yeah, I usually go for Italian sandwiches and I don't mind a good grilled cheese either. Number two, what's your favorite place on earth? Uh, being that I've only been to the United States, I don't know really what would be my favorite. Um, I've always been fascinated with Egypt. There was a time in history class when we were le learning about Egypt and the pyramids. I just was really fascinated with that and the mummies and all that kind of stuff. So that interests me. Um, but then I was kind of bummed to find out, oh, the pyramids are just, you know, off some highway road. And then the rest of it looks like a regular city, which I thought you just go to this huge desert and there they are in the middle of nowhere. But no, it's not like that. But as far as America goes, I said, obviously, um, Vegas earlier. Um, and then I love Hollywood. I love going on studio tours. Um, I've toured Universal Studios, WB Studios. Um, like I said before, I went to Jay Leno and Burbank, Hollywood type of stuff. I, I, 
absolutely love. It fascinates me. Um, I'm a Marilyn Monroe person. She's all over my room. She's in my bathroom. She's in my office. Um, I love Elvis Presley big time. Um, and my dad lives real close to the Memphis house. So I'd like to get there. Definitely. That's on my bucket list. Oh, obviously Disney. Disney is an absolute must before you die. Really is the happiest place on earth. Uh, number three, what's one place you visited that you never want to return to? Not to offend anybody, but Tijuana, because one of the times that dad took my brother and I to California, we crossed the border, which, you know, was kind of cool, whatever. We had all these little Mexican kids putting their hands out. And I was like, and I was still pretty young. I was, I don't, probably under 16. And they're following us around, putting their hands out, putting their hands out. And I was like, dad, what is going on? He's like, they, they want money. So all these, you know, kids out there begging for food and money and just, you know, chasing people around. And I, I don't know. And it, I just, I don't know. It was sad, but I was really young. I don't notice like now because I hear some people really like it. Number four, what's the best show on TV right now? I don't really watch a whole lot of live TV. Um, AGT is definitely my favorite summer show, um, America's Got Talent. But I find it odd that it's America's Got Talent and none of the judges are American. <laughs> I am like, I love Friends and Big Bang Theory and Seinfeld and my newest old sitcom show is um, Everybody Loves Raymond. That one I never realized was so funny. For now, I'm sure I'm going to think of something later. I really like The Masked Singer, too. Well, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Number five, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh. I mean, I we filled out Secret Santa papers today, and like everybody said Mexican, and that was one of my answers, too. Maybe cheese enchiladas. Number six, what's the worst movie you ever saw? Well, if it was the worst movie, it was probably pretty forgettable. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, number seven, what's the best thing you've read in the last five years? Well, right now I'm reading Britney Spears and I'm a Justin Timberlake lover. I used to love Britney Spears too. I've seen all, you know, all of those people in concert. I was a little disappointed by her news, but I totally understand where he's coming from because I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a whole nother thing we don't need to get into. But that book is is really interesting. I kind of have a feeling somebody changed her words quite a bit. <laughs> but I, I feel really bad for that girl. Number eight. What's the one item of clothing you couldn't live without? Yoga pants? I don't like I just lost 70 pounds. And I mean, fat or small, they're freaking comfortable. And <laughs> Now that I lost quite a bit of weight, they look pretty decent on me now too. Um, but they're so comfortable and I love the huge side pocket. You just slide your phone right on in there when you're working out or whatever. Number nine, I guess I'm going to 10 guys. Uh, number nine, if you could only bring three things with you on a deserted island, what would you pick? Ugh, that question is like always asked. I only three things, obviously something to do. I wish like electronics would be possible because I'd have to have my phone like most of us probably would phone food friends da, 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 da. and the last one number 10 if you could save one material thing from a fire what would you save yikes my kitty is that a material thing my kid no 
Um, that's not a material thing. Um, hopefully something super important. I have no idea. That's a weird question. No idea. I'm even looking around my room. I have no clue. So we're going to skip that. So there's a little bit about me and my favorite things and whatnot. Now I will read you that chapter from my hometown. Um, like I said, it's, I bought it at Walgreens. It's called Images of America. And this is the one on Fountain and it's by Angela Faden Hahn. Chapter one is resting by the bubbling fountain. Long before white men ever set foot in the Pikes Peak region, the Ute Indians frequented the South flowing river in the long valley lying between two mesas. They came down out of the mountains through the pass west pass west of here to spend the win winter camping in the bottomlands near the water's edge. The presence of French fur trappers in the region is evidenced in the river's original name, the Fontaine K. Bouil, I don't know, Bouillet, I don't know. Um, as it came out of the pass, the river must have looked like a bubbling fountain to the trappers. Later, Lieutenant Zebelin Pike, who was sent to explore the southern region of the newly acquired Louisiana Purchase, is said to have set off in November 1806 from the vicinity of where the little fountain meets the main river to scale the tallest mountain he could see to the west. He did not succeed and turned his ill-equipped men back to the river. He might wince to see so many thousands of people ascending yearly to the top of the mountain that now bears his name. Settlers began to arrive in the early 1860s. Oliver Cot Cotton and Joseph Robinson claimed homesteads near the cone-shaped hills on the east side of the river. This place would later be called Little Buttes. Butts? Buttes. Thomas Owens staked a claim on the little fountain, whatever, west of where it joins the river. Shortly thereafter, a covered wagon heading south on the old Cher Cherokee Road stopped to rest at Owen's unfinished cabin, where he offered to share his fire in the shelter of three walls. During the course of their visit, he convinced the young couple in the wagon, Matthias and Barbara Locke, to homestead in the Fertile Valley. Fertile Valley. Sorry, my cat scared me. Um, they chose a place on high ground along the river about two miles north of Owen. Quakers Amos and Mary Terrell headed west at the start of the Civil War to avoid conscription into the military. The homesteaded on the banks of Jimmy Camp Creek near where it joins the river that later became known as Fountain Creek. My family has a farm on Fountain Creek. And here's some pictures of it, which are well known. They have a picture of some of the Native Americans next to a teepee and quite a bit of trees. It says roads naturally followed the water sources as did the Cherokee Trail which paralleled its way along much of the fountain. Ute Indians who historically dwelled, dwelled along rivers came down from the mountains during the winter to camp among the giant cottonwood trees and thick willows lining the river's sandy bank. The next picture is of Fountain Creek. Fountain Creek seen here in the fall season originates in the mountains above Manitou and was first named the Fontaine Cabouillet, I don't know, which is, oh yeah, it is French, Bouillet, which is French for the fountain that boils. In times of springs runoff or flooding, the river does indeed seem to boil as it churns away the banks and rips huge trees out of the roots. Mm, yep, we know that. Um, then there's another picture of the Fountain Creek that looks a little bit more dried up and the trees are 
Dry. This is a few miles downstream of Fountain. The river provides water for the ranches of the Buttes area, named for the geological format formations known as Teepee Buttes, Tepe Buttes. One of these buttes can be seen on the left horizon in this picture. Oh, I see it. Some historians believe it was from the area that uh, Lieutenant Zumbulin Pike set off in an attempt to climb the highest peak to the west. The next picture is a picture of our beautiful mountain Pike's Peak. Um, it says Pike's Peak, named for the explorer Zebulon Pike, has always been a significant landmark in the Pike's Peak region and can be seen from the Fountain Valley and a far distance beyond. In the summer, Fountain Creek looks like a ribbon of green lying loosely across the dry plains as it flows through the valley on its way to the Arkansas River. The availability of the water was an essential requirement when settlers chose their homesteads. It was on the banks of Jimmy Camp Creek, known locally as Sand Creek, that Amos and Mary Terrell built their home in the early 1860s. Some call it the first house in the county, but that is difficult to confirm since myth. Thais and Barbara Locke and Thomas Owen were constructing homes at the same time. Isaac Hutchin, the man with the beard, made his home near the um, Fontaine Cabouillet and Jimmy Camp Creek in the early 1860s. He lived near his sister and brother-in-law, Mary Ann Amos Terrell, and his brother, Henry Hutchin, who later died from injuries received in an 1888 train explosion that occurred in Fountain. I think my dad's told me about that 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 happened or both my parents uh while on their way to california matthias and barbara Locke decided to settle on this high bank along the f i'm just gonna say along the fountain because i'm not gonna keep saying it in french fountain south of what would later become the town of fountain thomas owen who was constructing a cabin farther downstream became a fast and true lifetime friend the lock grain mill built lower on the water's edge washed away with one of fountain creek's destructive floods Barbara Locke posing here next to a, a son or grandson was remark was a remarkable pioneer woman. After leaving Germany with her parents and crossing the ocean, they eventually arrived in Illinois, where she later married fellow German Matthias Locke. While passing through the fertile valley, they decided to settle south of the future town of Fountain. During her husband's frequent absences, the Locke Ranch flourished under her management. Now we have a map of the creek, and then it just says like old sections that say C29, C28 section this. Um, at the bottom it says in 1862, there were few settlers in the portion of the valley. Thomas Owens homesteaded section number 29 near the Little Fountain. He had only two neighbors. Irrigation, irrigation ditches and stage routes are marked with the Denver and Rio Grande line, penciled in 10 years later. After this map was charted, Amos Terrell homesteaded in sections number 5 and 8, and the Locks homestead in section number 17. So that is the end of chapter 1. Chapter 2 is going to be homesteading on the, ran on the range, but we're not going to read that one tonight. Now I'm going to read you... I found um, some stories from Ripley's Believe It or Not. It says established in 1918. Um, I went to Ripley's Believe It or Not when I was in California. I went to one of the museums and I got to um, take my picture with 
uh, Marilyn Monroe's belongings. So she had some red high heels. I actually just found this picture. It was like, I was thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I guess my son shuffled through one of our end tables downstairs and it, there it was. And I was like, oh my God. So I posted it to my Facebook. Um, but it is me next to um, a glass case of her shoes and her makeup. I mean, I remember looking in that glass and really looking at, looking at it so hard, but God, I wish I could go back in time and see it, like see it, see it up close all again. I wonder if they still have it at the California one. Again, guys, I'm sorry if you hear my son in the background. I just really wanted to do this podcast and now he decided to come out of his room and he's on the phone with his friends, but at least he's happy and not yelling. Anyway, back to the Ripley's Believe It or Not stuff. Um, I'm on ripleys.com. The story is Ripley's Round Trip, The Most Forbidden Places on Earth. Um, I believe it was written by Emily Harris, June 23rd, 2023. From remote islands to top secret government facilities, join me as we discover the secrets and stories that make these places entirely off limits. So get ready to challenge your imagination as we venture into the most forbidden places on earth. The North, Cent the North Sentinel Island, the North Sentinel Sentinel Island, located in the Bay of Bengal, is home to one of the last uncontacted tribes in the world, the Sentinelis. The Sentin the Sentinelis? I'm so sorry. The tribe is fiercely protective of their way of life and has been known to attack outsiders who have attempted to visit or interact with them. The Indian government has recognized the vulnerability of both the tribe and any outsiders who may venture onto the island, and as a result, North Centennial Island has been declared off-limits to visitors. The island remains one of the most isolated places on Earth, with few people having ever set foot on its shore. The Centennial are left to live out their lives in relative isolation, and they have for thousands of years. The Coca-Cola Vault. Oh. What secrets may be hiding inside the forbidden Coca-Cola Vault? Well, as you may have guessed, this is where the company keeps its secret formula. The formula, which has remained a closely guarded secret for over 100 years, is located in Atlanta, Georgia, and is heavily guarded by security. While only a few people have ever been allowed inside, the mystery surrounding the formula has spawned countless conspiracy theories. There's a really funny, I don't know if anybody has ever heard of Drunk History, but it, I don't know if it's on Comedy Central. I think it is on Comedy Central, but it was, it's called Drunk History and they take, you know, a bunch of famous people and then um, some of the famous people are in their apartment with the host and they get drunk and then they have to remember a piece of history and tell the story so then the other actors are actually like lip syncing their the drunk person's voice and like every once in a while somebody will burp or whatever well there's one on coca-cola and that one's hilarious um but it like talks about how they used to put coke in the coca-cola so if anybody's interested in finding that episode it's pretty funny the Vatican Secret Archives. The Vatican Secret Archives located in Vatican City date back to the 17th century and contain millions of documents related to the history of the Catholic Church. Excuse me. Despite their name, the archives are not actually secret, but are generally only accessible to scholars and researchers with a specific research project. However, the archives have spawned countless myths and rumors about hidden knowledge of conspiracies. 
If you have any, share them below. Um, Snake Island. One of the most dangerous places in the world is Snake Island, located off the coast of Brazil. The island is home to thousands of venomous snakes, including the Golden Lance Head, one of the deadliest snakes in the world. The Brazilian government has declared the island off-limits to visitors in order to protect both the snakes and humans. A scientist once said that if you are on Snake Island, you are never more than three feet away from death. However, the island's rarity and danger have only increased its allure to adventurers and thrill-seekers, but don't get any ideas. Mausoleum of the First Emperor. This off-limits destination takes us to China, home of the Mausoleum of the First Emperor, located in the city of Zion, I don't know, X-I apostrophe A-N, is the final resting place of Xinxai Huang, the first emperor of China. The mausoleum is famous for its terracotta army, thousands of life-size statues that were buried with the emperor. However, attempts to excavate or explore the mausoleum have been difficult to, with concerns about damaging the site or disturbing the emperor. Opening the tomb may also pose immediate and lethal threats. According to an account by ancient Chinese historian, the tome is rigged with booby traps meant to eliminate any trespassers. There's a picture of the um, statues, and it's really pretty cool. It looks like they're like cement-type stones, and they do look like they're life-size, and they have like army dress-looking things on. A big destination no-no is those caves in France. Oh, that's why I can't say it, because it's French. Um, dating back to 17,000 years, the caves contain some of the earliest and most stunning examples of Paleolithic art, with vivid um, depictions of animals and human figures adorning the walls and ceilings. The intricate details and striking use of color and perspective in these paintings were a revelation to art historians and anthropologists alike proving a glimpse into the lives and beliefs of our ancient ancestors. However, the caves have been closed to the public since 1963 due to concerns about damage to the paintings from tourism and environmental factors. But don't worry, travelers, as a replica of the caves, um, there is a replica of the caves available for visitors to view nearby. Area 51, as many people like to joke about, and this looks like it's the last one. Now we can't have an off-limits list without discussing Area 51, the highly classified United States Air Force facility located in the Nevada desert. The um, base's extensive or extents existence, goddamn, the base, <laughs> base's existence was only acknowledged by the U.S. government in 2013, and its purpose remains shrouded in secrecy. This site has been at the center of countless conspiracy theories, with many believing that it is a location for extraterrestrial technology and research. Despite the base's highly restricted access, there have been numerous attempts by conspiracy theorists to breach its security and undercover its secrets. And that concludes our journey to some of the world's most forbidden places. These off-limits destinations continue to captivate our Im imaginations and fuel our curiosity. So until next time, happy adventuring and keep exploring the world around you. But make sure you abide by the signs that say keep out. So those are my stories and stuff for today. Um, I could tell a story, but now I'm scared to talk about work stuff because I'm scared they're going to hear me. I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's not that funny, but so just from my day, since I'm on here by myself, I always 
go to the back and get myself a Keurig coffee and I, you know, say hi to whoever's back there. And there's a, um, a resource coordinator that I adore. Um, and they were, there was two of them and they were temps. One of them got fired. And then the other one is like super girly girl, eyelashes, makeup, beautiful hair, cute clothes. I mean, she's gorgeous and she's so sweet. So I peek in there today to say good morning. And I realize, oh, she's not in here. And then I realize, oh, I don't see her colorful stuff. So I take another look and I go in there and I'm like, oh, her freaking mouse pad or keypad, her mouse. I mean, everything was gone. I was like, what the hell happened? So I'm so dumbfounded. I wait for my boss to get there to see if she was going to tell us anything. She didn't tell me anything. So I was like, mm, I'll just let her figure it out on her own. So I see her walk down the hall and I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And I go back up to reception with my friend Amber and stand there for a minute. And then I start coming around the corner and my boss is coming around the corner. We both look at each other with these big deer and headlight eyes and we're like, what the hell happened? I said, did you do this? Um, Cause she fired the last girl and she was like, no, what is going on? I was like, I have literally no clue. So anyway, I'm going to miss her. I think she blocked me because I tried to text her today, but she probably feels bad because I was helping her with her, some of her work. Um, and she probably knew it was coming and didn't want to tell me. Um, but anyway, I'm going to miss her. If you're listening, I'm not mad at you. You can, you can unblock me or find me on socials and I hope you're listening. All right, that's it for me, guys. I'm going to try to get some of these teenagers on here and some of my other friends. I promise I don't just have two. I have quite a few friends. Um, it's just not working out like I thought it would. But maybe this is entertaining enough for you to stand me alone by myself. Uh, you just won't get any fun, crazy, stupid stories from me in this manner. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Rando Mando, World of F's podcast, Facts, Family, Friends, and Fun. Um, and I believe I'm going to put these out weekly cause I can schedule them on Spotify, but I'm also on Apple. Um, if you do find me, please, um, feel free to share my poster. Um, and I do have a Facebook for Rando Mando. So look for that. Thank you. Good night. Bye.